What's up, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Alternate Captains podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong, along with the man with the golden beard, Chris not, Wagner. Not even a little bit golden. It's a you know, it's golden in its value. Okay. Not a, it's not an, not an actual gold beard. Not even not even close. No. Uh, even a little bit. No, it's a good beard though. Um. And a little bit of gray in it, though, and that's a problem. You got one <laughs> one really thick gray hair. Do you? In the front, you see that? I do see that. Yeah. It's my disting- distinguishing hair. It brings wisdom. There's always there. weird hairs. Yeah. You know, like, whether it's on your arm, you have that one arm hair that grows extra long. You gotta take those out. Or you have, like... You know? Yeah, but they grow back faster than the rest well, of the arm you keep taking hair. them out. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's the secret. Uh, anyways, uh, enough about arm hair. Uh... Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode two. Um, we're now on almost every single podcast platform. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts, which I didn't know was a thing. We're on Overcasts. We're on Pocket Casts. We're on all the casts. Anything cast, you want it, you got it. Um, if you'd like to find out how to find us on those services, you can go to our link. It's alternatecaptains.com, which is handy, and it brings you to a page that shows you all our episodes, and it shows you where you can get our podcasts. And also, if you want to follow us on any of the social medias, we have on Twitter, we're at alternatecaps. On Instagram, we're at alternatecaptains. And on Facebook, we're also alternatecaptains, or you can just find us by searching the alternatecaptains. Alternate Captains Podcast. Yeah, yeah. We are the alternate captains. This is the podcast. Yeah. Search podcast to the end makes it way easier to find. Comes right. right up in the Googles. True. Because there are, there are all other alternate captains in the world. Yeah. Every hockey team has at least three. And so. Yeah. But a lot of people call it, for hockey teams, uh, a lot of people call it the assistant captain, which is actually wrong. But, you know, same thing. <laughs> same thing. Well, for hockey, it's it's the it's the captain is supposed to be the only person who talks to the ref, right? And then the assistant captains are the only ones who talk to the captain. No, that's why it's not the assistant captains; it's the alternate captains. So they're they're the captain when the other when the real captain can't talk, sort of thing. Right. But that's so that every single player on the bench doesn't harass the ref in a giant circle every time a penalty is called. I think that's all the housekeeping we need, though. Uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a few things. Uh, we're going to be talking about how some TV disputes led to uh, the Man City-Everton game not being shown anywhere in all of the United Kingdom. We're going to be talking about a breakout team that ar- that came from the Ontario Tankard, the Provincial Tankard, and that would be Scott McDonald's team. Curling. Curling team. We're talking, we're talking about curling today. We're going to do a little game where we've uh, we've come up with some, or not come up with, but we found some historical team na- nicknames, squad nicknames, line nicknames, and we got we each have our top five that we're going to present to each other, and we have not seen each other's lists. Yeah, so if there's overlap, then forgive us. I have, yeah, I have some extras. And lastly, we're going to be talking about Austin Matthews' good, 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 gigantic contract extension yikes yeah let's get right into the podcast so yeah the first topic is uh the situation in the united kingdom um with the premier league and 
uh, BT Sport. That's their one of their major networks that we don't have in Canada or in any North America. But BT British Telecom, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. They have the rights to a lot of these, a lot of the soccer that happens throughout the season. Um, Man City, of course, is the are they're, they're the reigning champions right now. So they're actually like, and when you think about like who are the top four teams in the country. Well, maybe not by fans, but by performance, they're 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 up there, right? Oh, they're right up there with Crystal Palace and Everton. They're they're quite a bit above uh, Crystal Palace, but and Everton, although they might not always get the results, they're actually they're they're a fairly popular team as well. They're the I mean they're the second biggest team in like the Liverpool area, right? The oh, what are they I'm trying to remember what they call that area? The UK, the UK, the the Scouse area. Um, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, so so the situation happened because uh, uh, Man City had to play a cup game uh, for the Carabao Cup. That's one of the like cups that they play throughout the season because they play cup cup games as well as season games. And one of their cup games interfered with uh, a season game, so they had to move. Um, they had to move one of their season games seventeen days ahead. So, so they're going to play it seventeen days earlier than they thought they were going to play it. And they only had 10 days notice for this, right? So less than a month from like from when they thought they were going to play this game. Now it's going to happen uh, uh, in 10 days, essentially, right? And so this caused a problem where uh, uh, BT, they were the ones who held the rights of the game, but the now the, the new time for the game interfered with another game. And so BT ended up just not airing the game. But they had the rights to the game, which means that no one else could air it. So you end up with this game where, unless you're at the game, if you're in the United Kingdom, you can't watch it. And like, we're past the halfway point of the season, so like every game is becoming more and more important. Man City's actually, um, after winning this game, they're now in first place in the league. They they took over past Liverpool right, by score dif- uh, score differential, right? Uh, yeah, I think they're the same on points, right. and uh, Man City has a little bit better of a goal differential. But um, and it, and th- but Liverpool has a game in hand. Like Liverpool's only played twenty five games. Man City's gonna play twenty six. So if Liverpool gets any points from the next game, they'll be back on top. Anyways, but uh, if you're in North America or you're in uh, I don't know, maybe another part of Europe or you're in Asia, uh, you actually could watch this game legally. But if you're in the UK, you have to illegally stream this game from another one of those countries that is getting the game legally. Like, and so this this sort of drives into this problem. It's not just soccer related. It's also, we get it. Our, the thing, the one that impacts us the most is hockey. Because um, all the time, they there's these regional markets and they sort everybody into, into their own regional market. And so you get, like, for example, we're in the Montreal Canadiens regional market, even though we're in we're a province over um so we're which is actually fortunate for me because i'm a montreal canadians fan but we actually get to watch all these canadians games on the tv right but all the time i'll see like an edmonton game sometimes a toronto game or an ottawa game and i'll go to go to that channel that the the game's on and the game is blacked out which means you just can't watch it at all and i just cannot believe that we're in this situation in 2019 where you can't just pay one, you can't pay one company one fee 
to get all the games. There are like there are ways where you're you're paying your normal cable, and so you get um, all the games in your in your region, and then you and then you pay like online services, so you fill in the rest of the games. But you end up having to pay for like three different things, and it's like a lot of money in order to get all these games. And um, I th- I don't know. I think one of the main reasons this is, is like I think uh, these leagues are too afraid to not have a network supporting them like they sell their rights to a network and then they let the network deal about with making money from airing those games right in an ideal world um the nhl would just have an nhl network and they would show all the games but they'd be too afraid of how would they make could would they make all their money back when like i think older generations might not be open to signing up for something like that like I would totally pay one fee, you know, however much it was a month to get every single hockey game. Right. And um but I think older generations are more used to cable, they're more used to like having channels and like maybe in a generation we'll see that sort of thing happen. What do you think? Well, you you get in all these like you have everything is streaming services now. You've got your right. Netflixes, you've got your Hulus, you've got your YouTube. Right. It's going to be a huge market, I think. Right. Um, but like you said, yeah, there's an older generation that you just, that it's it's tradition. Just it's on cable. It's right there. Everything comes in one nice tight package Yeah. and it's all easy accessible. Yeah. But when you've got streaming packages, you've got all your things, you've got to go find what you want. And that's just not as appealing to even some younger generations, like our generation. I know people who would rather just oh i can get everything in one box i'll do that yeah that's way easier for a lot of people yeah so you know and like so this this article was shared on reddit and so like people were obviously talking about it and someone pointed out that if you had um if you charged eight pounds a month and you got a hundred million people to pay that which is not which is actually pretty doable like when you consider the size of european soccer right that's eight billion pounds a month that they could be making like if if the premier league owned their own tv rights and they had this service where you could pay eight pounds a month and and you'd see get to see every game they'd make eight billion pounds a month just just from subscription fees that doesn't include all the advertising they normally get and you know etc so um and then they'd have control and they wouldn't they wouldn't end up in the situation where this game just doesn't get shown and uh like it's just crazy and like i don't know i don't know if like what the the thing about hockey is that once you get to the playoffs this actually isn't a problem anymore um like once you get to playoff hockey um you get you pretty much get to see every game oh yeah but it's the season where they have these regional restrictions and but it's it's like it's just crazy to me because it's not like your team plays like Canadians don't play every night and like no one's team plays every night and so some nights you you just want to have another game on like you you just you just enjoy hockey and you just want to watch whatever games on that night and you can't because it's blacked out and it's like it, it, I couldn't imagine like what if what if we were like what if I was from Edmonton and then I moved out to the East Coast. And then uh, I wanted to watch my hockey, and I couldn't. You got to pick a new team. Right. I think, 
what is it? Is it the NHL Center Ice or something like that? It's one of those packages to get all these out of market games. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I hope, I don't know, within like a next, I think in the next generation, like whether that's like the next 15 years, maybe sooner, we'll see a, we'll see a movement to have, to have these as like services that league zone. Like, I, I don't know what league would be the first one to try it out. Cause that's a big risk. And like, no, like not even like what, what's even close, like the UFC kind of, but they have TV cards too. Yeah. Like they basically, they split their income. Half of their income comes from TV rights that they sold to previously Fox. Now it's ESPN. And the other half of their income comes from pay-per-view buys. Yeah, I don't think you could do the pay-per-view model with a like season of hockey or a season of yeah. a seasonal sport yeah. like that. UFC is very different. Like yeah, they have big events. Whereas yeah. you could do that with a Super Bowl, maybe, where you have like you pay for to watch the Super Bowl, but like yeah. just a season game. I don't think that's a viable strategy. Yeah. It could be, but with an eight, 80 games, you do two dollars no. a game, maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, some, the, these center ice and, like, these other sort of packages are, like, hundreds of dollars a year. Right. And so it does, uh, but then you get, you get all these out-of-market games and, you know, how many games are you get? like, you get a fair amount of games there. So, you're, you're like, you're, you're getting, you're getting more than a game per dollar, I think. Like, when, it, if you did the math. Yeah. Because there's, there's 30 one nhl teams but you're not getting all the games you care about like if you have your one team right i think you could charge five dollars a game to to for, just watch your team just games? watch your team maybe probably i think you get at least half pe- people watch half the games maybe yeah all the ones that matter yeah but the problem yeah the problem with that is that the 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 regional rights are in the hands of the net tv networks and so like i would want it for montreal because I'm, I'm in Montreal's hot zone, I guess. Right, like, one of the... They basically look at, like, a geographic region, and they say these are the most likely teams that people are going to support. And then they make that a region. And right. so, in New Brunswick, which is where we are, Montreal's obviously a big one. Boston might be a big one. Toronto. Toronto might... Okay, Toronto, but I, I'm not fully sure about Toronto's rights. Yeah, nobody cares about Toronto anyways. Maybe, uh, except we'll be talking about Toronto a bit later, but... Yeah, only, only those people care. Yeah. Anyways, but that's just an interesting discussion. Um, I think uh, a lot of a lot of other people in our generation would probably agree with us, but um, I don't know. Like maybe it'd be something that we just can't even understand what it'll look like in twenty years. It's all gonna be VR. It's all gonna be VR. You're gonna yeah. yeah. Like and I don't know. Like, is there a part of them that's they're worried that if the experience is too good at home, that you're not going to go to the games anymore. Everybody knows that the experience is better at home. Right. right. Well, no. For most. Sorry. For a lot the of. The experience sports. is better in person. If you yeah. want to watch the game and actually see what's going on, yeah. it's better at home. I think it depends on the sport, actually. Like, I think hockey's actually really good live. Yeah. Um, I think football's way better at home. Football is really hard to watch. MMA is way better at home. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you can't see through the cage. You can't even see them. You either, you either can't see through the cage or you're so far away that you can't see their face. Or you're face. so close that they're sweating on you. Right, which is fun, maybe. Depends um, on who's fighting. But, like, 
I don't know, baseball, I guess, is kind of equally, like, because it's just a hangout, right? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> most of baseball is just hanging out and, like, eating and, like, talking to people and then, like, oh, so this thing happened and then, and I, I haven't been to, like, a European soccer game, so I can't really speak to that, but the uh, from what I've seen, the atmosphere is very good in person at European soccer games. It's wild on TV. So. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think we both agree for sure that there's something wrong with the current network sports model and we think we hope it changes so yeah i agree let us know if you disagree i agree that we agree i agree that we agree okay next topic got some curling on the brain yeah so it's we're in that time of year where all the provincial playdowns are going on right so you're at the end of what would be your regular season yeah so it's kind of picking up little tournaments going forward when you got the big ones you got the skies and the briar coming up right but so for it, most teams this is like the progression of the season right. coming to an end and the bri- the briar is the national uh championship for the men's curling and the, for Scott, the scotties is for the women's right yeah. and so now you're having these provincial tankards yeah tankard uh yeah you can call it they're like spiel it, they're different spiel? different from province to province yeah. but so i it's would call tankard it here yeah it's tankard here yeah tankard in ontario which we're talking about uh, provincial playdowns, though, um, it's a wider net. Kind right. But we're talking everything. about teams have been through the season. The best teams from that season are now competing to earn the right to play for their province yeah. at the national championship. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what we're going to talk about specifically, um, in the Ontario Tankard, which was just this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, is that right? This, I think so. This past yeah. weekend or the weekend before. The I think article it just, said it was like it was four days just ago. just happened, yeah. yeah. Um, big upset. Scott McDonald, which is a rel- relatively unknown team, goes 11-0. and 0. They went 11 games in a row um, to win the Ontario Tankard. And I'm going to list some scores here. They're not close. Right. They they beat, they went 7-3, and 9-3. Eight five seven five against Glenn Howard, who's a former world champion. Right, it's their closest game, and he's won. He's won the Briar. Yeah, and he's and he's competed at the international stage. Glenn Howard has seventeen Briars. Yeah, or has been to seventeen yeah. Briars. Yeah, uh, eight two seven three eight four eight three eight four seven four, and then the finals was eight two. Right against John Epping. Against John Epping. Yeah, who's got a pretty strong team. They're ranked in the top five of the year. Right, so far. and John John Epping went to the Briar last year for Ontario, yeah. and he sort of considered, I guess, like he sort of he would be considered like the favorite for Ontario. Yeah, like, absolutely. Going into this year, and going, they they going. beat John Epping three games in a row, right? Um, which is wild to think about, right? In eleven games, they scored eighty five points. Okay, against thirty eight. That's pretty good. So uh, it got me thinking, what are some, like, this is, Scott McDonald, they're good. They put in the time. Yeah. And now... How old are they? How old is he? Uh, say, no, not, thir- like, less than 30, I would say. Under 30. Thir- 30-ish. Yeah, around, maybe so around 30. They could be a team to watch out for in the future. Right. We actually played them in Halifax. Mm-hmm. They are quite good. Oh, were they? Yeah. They beat you? They did beat us. It was close. He had to throw his last rock, but... What was the final score? 6-4, I think, something like that. So you're as as good as Glenn Howard, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Fighting words. Right. Better than John Epping. That's right. That's for sure. 
They only beat us one <laughs> game in a row, not three. Yep. Uh, so I guess what, what I wanted to talk about was what are some dominant uh, that you can think of some dominant performances by teams or athletes in the past where they just kind of show up and nobody can compete. Right. Did anything come to your mind? Um, I mean, immediately, uh, the Patriots. Right. For, for a re- like, and it, it makes no sense. Like, they we're filming this the week after the Super Bowl. Oh, that was a bad the Super, Super Bowl. The Super Bowl L-I-I-I, Super Bowl 53. The most defensive Super Bowl I've ever seen, that's Lowest for sure. scoring Super Bowl of all time. Right. Um, and people, every year, want to say that, oh, Tom Brady's too old, the Patriots are on, they're at the end of their sort of heyday. Uh, but, you know, Bill Belichick's getting old. He's got that dad um, bod going on. He's got the dad bod, you know, and you got Gronk who's always injured and who's, who may retire at right now. Like, I don't know how you can underestimate them anymore, but people do. Like, because they didn't have the best record going into the playoffs, right? Like, they were 12-4, and four, I think, which is like, it's a good record, but I think the, the Cowboys were... Maybe twelve and four, or maybe eleven and five. So like, uh, but an, another one. Are you talking? Are you looking for like underdogs? Not necessarily underdogs. Just like completely dominant. Just completely dominant. Yeah. Um, the Golden State Warriors from that one season. That was that two or three seasons ago, right. where they had like the best record ever. Right. Um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Um. That's something where it's what they're not really underdogs though, yeah. Uh, because this this is a, such a unique situation where has he has he made it to the briar before? This is all four players on that team. This is they're gonna be their first briar, right? So that's such that's a really unique situation. Um, in MMA, Khabib. Oh yeah, is like he hasn't been touched. Yeah, he's never lost. He um, what's his record right now? It's like twenty something. Twenty. Five, something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think if Conor McGregor was his 25th win or his 26th win. He's at least at 25. Um, he has the he has the current biggest like undefeated streak. And they're not of anyone close. in the UFC. And he just dominates those performances. Yeah. He's all over the place. Right. Do you think um the thing about curling though is that it's very um what do I call it, environmental in the sense that depending on the ice you're playing on and how you get a, how you get a feel for it, like the week of, like you get, like it can really sway how you yeah. perform that week. You can, you can have a rough season and then show up for one tournament yeah, and then just catch fire. Yeah. If the ice, if you're liking that ice, if, if you read that ice better than yeah. everybody else and it just suits your play style, right. then you can just burn through it. And that could be what happened. Right. They could have just had like it, that ice just, perfect for them the mm-hmm. way they throw do you know how they like was there a ranking like going in like do you have any idea like how the like how they were projected to do like what they're they're, they're a high ranked team i think they're top i want to say top 20 ranked in the country in the world in the I world think. With, okay. i mean as far as points are concerned like how many of the 15 of those are canadian probably yeah yeah so nicholas adin nicholas adin is in there you um, got those men with the uh, pants that's right, the Norwegians. The Norwegians with the pants. Right. Um, look, Google that if you don't know what we're talking Google, about. Google, yeah. It's no- a treat. Norwegian curling pants. Yeah, yeah. it's a treat. Um, but like they, like I said, they have they've done the work. They've gone around the country, really, playing yeah. at events. They were in Halifax. 
that's that's a bit of a trip for Ontario. Yeah. Um, I'm very impressed with them. Hopefully they do well. I want to give you some names now. I did a little bit of research on dominant performances. Okay. Tiger Woods. Of course. LeBron James. Yeah. Those are some obvious ones. Right. You know what the number one one I found was? What's that? Secretariat. Okay. The horse? Right, of course, yeah. Do you have a record for that or just just in general, that's your number one? Um, wins 1973. Yeah. I forget what the name of the race is, but won by 31 lengths. Okay. That's Wait, more. horse lengths? Yeah. Okay. That's the, a, that's yeah, a, that's a significant... That's a powerful horse. Yeah. That's like they ju- the other horses were just starting the race, I think. That's what it equates to. Pretty like, they were still in the... They were still in the cage there, and they, you know, in the gates? yeah, they were still in the gates, and then secretary just finishing the race already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of some like really like I'm trying to think of like an like a an equal situation where like um, you got a lot of young players. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of have a team, and this is sort of like their first performance like this. But there are, there are tons of like examples of these over the years. But like I'm trying to think of. It's hard when you come with teams because a lot of teams are bigger than mm. four players. The Golden Knights. Right. Uh, yeah, it's Las Vegas. Yeah, so... Right. Uh, Marc-Andre. Marc-Andre Fleury, le, um, <laughs> Yeah, you had the Golden Knights. Was It was their first season ever. And so they were essentially just a drafted group of players who had never played together before. Uh, because all the all the... All the existing NHL teams got to protect all their best players, and so like, except for Marc Andre Fleury. Well, but the no, the Penguins let him go on purpose. Yeah, that was a mistake because they went with um, Matt Murray. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of like I guess what you consider B tier players. Like, like they're not terrible, but they didn't have enough slots to protect them. And then they got they got some advantageous spots in the like in the prospects draft, right? The the entry level, the entry draft. Um, and then they had the best season that a first the a first year team has ever had. Like th- this is not a new thing. Like there's been expansion teams. Like in the last twenty years, there's been quite a few of them, right? Right. Like the league was pr- pretty small up until. Like the eighties, nineties, I'd say. I don't know. I don't have the exact years, but like, I mean, obviously they started. The NHL started like a hundred years ago with six teams, and now we're at thirty-one. Um, and it was not a. It was a very um, uh, exponential growth. Like for they had six teams for a while, and then they got a couple more and that sort of thing. And yeah, it's only been like the past twenty, thirty years that it sort of really exploded gary bettman gary bettman and usually expansion teams are terrible for a few years right right uh like they're they're talking about like maybe we should change the way that expansion teams work because the the gold knights were too good last year right anyways yeah so they had the best first season ever of an nhl team then they went straight to the stanley cup final and Uh, and alexander ovechkin said no more right uh it was yeah it they they came up against a hung a team that was hungrier than any other team like it was a bit unfortunate like if it, maybe if it was the penguins or the blackhawks they would just they would have phoned it in because they've already got like three yeah they're just gonna quit <laughs> go home yeah but the capitals have been yearning for one so long and alexander ovechkin specifically uh but yeah so i think the golden knights that's actually a really good comparison i think um 
But yeah, we'll have to see how he does at the Briar. Yeah, good luck to him. It's un- yeah, good luck to him. It's hard to be in Team Ontario. You got a big bullseye on your back. Right. But the good thing about being Team Ontario is that uh, you don't have to play any of the other tough teams from Ontario. That's right. You've already <laughs> done that. Right. Like, like yeah, he... So it's a bit of an advantage-disadvantage situation. Actually, that might not be true. John Epping might play the wild card. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, see if they go four in a row. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Anyways, yeah, so the Bri- when is the Briar? It's uh, March 2nd to March 10th. Right. And the... Uh, so it's coming up. The Scotties is... Um, next week. Next week. So we'll be sure to uh, give you the coverage you need to know about those things. That's right. Um, as they come. But anyways, yeah, that was good. That was good. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I've never heard of Scott McDonald because I'm not right. in the curling scene like you I'd are. I had only heard of them this year when we played them. Right. And, like, I, I, I watch um, the Briar and the Scotties. And, a li- like, I, I watch you play when when you're, they're streaming your games. But apart from that, I don't really get to see much. So, right. that's crazy. Let's move on to a fun little game. Not a game. But we thought it'd be fun. Uh, I was listening to... Uh, I wasn't listening. I always say I'm listening to the game, but I'm watching the game. I think that came from, like, radio days. You know what I mean? I think you're just doing something else. I'm just doing something. You Maybe. You, you are only listening. I am. I am. I'm often, like, passively watching sports. All right. But I was I was watching the Canadians game. Um, Not listening. Watching. Yeah, and this would have been... What, Tuesday? A couple days ago. I think it was Tuesday. Maybe Monday. Less than a week ago. Anyways, but they had... They've been playing around with their lines a little bit recently because... Um, you have to. Like, <laughs> like you have to. After, like, 40, 50 games into the season, um, sometimes it feels like lines stop clicking. Like, lines that were good at the start of the season stop clicking. You only get so much good, and then you run out of the good. Right. Um, so you have to play with them a little bit and every coach does this like at some point during the season they'll play with their lines a little bit unless they have a like they'll maybe they have one hotline they keep that one together and they mess with the other ones but so they were playing um Kokaniemi who's our rookie they're playing Lekkonen and they were playing uh Yoel Armia um all on the same line and they're all from Finland right and so the uh the color commentator, or I guess the play-by-play and the color commentator, we're calling them the finish line. It's a good name. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so I thought maybe it'd be fun if we look back, um, see what's what are some of the best nicknames for either a line, like a squad, like maybe we're talking about like uh, the defense of a football team, or, or maybe just like... Uh, <laughs> that's one of mine. One of mine is the defense of a football team. That's that's the that's the actual nickname. No, no, no. But okay, okay, it's a nickname for the yeah, defense yeah, yeah, of a football yeah, yeah, team. Yeah, I I have a few of those too. But you uh, have a few defenses of football teams. Well, I picked. I had. I have ten on my list. Okay. Uh, just in case. I went. You said pick five. I picked exactly five. Okay, that's risky, but. Um, I have a good feeling about uh, some of them. Um. Yeah. So we, so we come up with. Let's 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 do it. Uh, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Do you want? Do you want to alternate? Yeah, yeah, we got to alternate. Got to alternate. Okay. All right. So starting this off, uh, I'm gonna start off with some of my common one. One of my, one of my more common ones that you might have yeah. also picked, just yeah. in case. Yeah. Um, the electric company. 
Mm. Because they turned on the juice. Okay, right. The, uh, I'm assuming that the, the juice off- is O.J. Simpson, yeah. I'm assuming. Okay. The, the offensive line for um, the Buffalo Bills around the 70s. Right. Because they brought the juice. They brought the juice. O.J. Simpson, that's a good name. It's a good name because of what it means. Not Yeah, it doesn't hold up in 2019. No. But... <laughs> But if you say it's the electric company, you're like, why? Yeah. Even that what, that... what does that mean? Right. But then you say it's because they bring the juice? Right. Like, yeah, that's a good name. Right. What do you got? I got... Let me let me bring it up here. Oh, I lost my power. Oh, what's a good one to go for so This first? is why you pick five, because now you've got ten. You I know, and I should have... I, sh- I should have prioritized them. I'm going to go with... Um, that 70s line. Ooh. Do you see that one? I didn't see that one. It's, um... I like that, though. Uh, L.A. Kings. You had Tanner Pearson, Jeff Carter, and Tyler Toffoli. Okay. You might have heard of any of those. Maybe. Um, they wore seven... They, they wore the numbers 70, 77, and 73. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, let's call it that 70s line. Of course, that's a reference to that 70s show. Right. Great so, show. It's a good one. Good, good. And a good Go for one. Grace. <laughs> All right. Your next one. All right. My next one. Uh, alluded to just not long ago mm-hmm. in this podcast so right. the winnipeg blue bombers defensive team the defensive squad mm-hmm. historically two- or just always no just for one season okay the 2011 season okay. they went by the the moniker swaggerville swaggerville yeah okay and javon johnson was the ceo of swaggerville okay odell Willis was the mayor of swaggerville right and uh they went to the i think that they made the great cup that year because they had the uh, strongest defense. It's the best defense in the league. They had swagger. They had swagger. Um, let's see. Here's another one. Here's another hockey one. I have a lot of hockey ones, unsurprisingly. Do you have any hockey ones? Uh, no. You don't have any hockey I ones? I pick any hockey. Okay, I, I'll I start got five. A, I'll start off with a few hockey ones then. All right. This next one, um, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I don't know if I should say the players first or the, the line first. Uh, I'm going to say the players first this time. So 2017 to present. As, as far as I know, I, I don't follow the Blue Jackets that closely, but you had Pierre-Luc Dubois, he had Josh Anderson, and Artemi Panarin, okay? Mm, all right. And they were they're called the PB&J line. Nice. Because uh, P- uh, Pierre, PB, J, Josh Anderson, and Arte- Artemi Panarin, because his last name is Panarin. Which is like Panera bread. Right. So they're the PB and J. Because they, they got the PB and the J and then you got the bread. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a good one. That's high quality. <laughs> All right. All right. My next one. Yep. Is the Dream Team. Okay. The uh, Barcelona Games. Olympic Games. Mm. The, uh, what was it? Like 11 Hall of Famers on that team. Anyways, I picked this name. What, because what, what sport? Basketball. Oh, basketball. Okay. You got Larry Bird. You got Magic Johnson. You got... Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I picked this one because it's perfect. Right. The dream team right. is exactly what it is. Right. Anyways. Okay. You're up. Here's one. The Minnesota Vikings defensive line of the late 1960s to 70s was nicknamed the Purple People Eaters. I saw that one. After their ability to get to the quarterback and the color of their jerseys. That's That's really good, isn't it? The Purple People Eaters. That's high quality. Like... I like it when there's two elements. Like there's two elements that ties it to the nickname. So you have the purple, you have the and because they're purple, they were, right. Vikings were purple, 
And then you have the the people eaters because they're always sacking. They're the eating up that quarterback. That's right. All right, here comes my next one. Okay. I went with the Legion of Boom. Oh yeah. Richard Sherman. Right. CLC Hawks. Right. It's a great play on the Legion of Doom, but it's not that because Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. They, br- they bring the boom. Boom goes the dynamite. That's right. You've seen that clip. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Everybody's, sh- everybody's seen that clip. I showed my that clip to my brother the first time uh, a month ago. He never seen it. No, he'd never. Like, He's on the internet. I know. But that's that's like a twelve year old clip. Right. Oh, he would have been young then. Yeah. Like, isn't that weird? Is go go do a YouTube video and it says twelve years ago. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's wild. I feel like I should say like five years ago. I know. We're getting old. Okay. How many is that? Three? Or you're, you I, just I, did I, your fourth. Four. That was four. We're almost All done. right. What's a really good one? So you got too many. The New York Jets defensive line of the early 1980s, which included Mark Gastineau, Joe Klecko, Marty Lyons, and Abdul Salam, was nicknamed the New York Sack Exchange. Oh, yeah. After leading the NFL in sacks in 1981. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a good one. All right. You're up. This is my last one. Yep. Randy Furby. Randy Furby. The legendary curler, Randy right, Furby. Right. They were they won how like four briars in a row. Right. Really good. Right. Their front end, Marcel Rock, Scott Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Huff and Puff. Huff and Puff. Because they were leaning on that broom. They were huffing and puffing. Right. Right. That's how they were known. Great sweepers. <laughs> Randy Furby. Also Randy Furby's team, the Furby Four. The Furby Four. Another good one. The four Furbmen. The Furbmans. I made that one up. And then I'll go with... That was your last one? That was my last one. I'll, maybe I'll quickly go over the ones I have left. Because um, I can do it really quickly. Um, David Booth, Ryan Kessler, Chris Higgins. Uh, Vancouver Connects 2011. Because um, all the line mates were American. They're the American Express line. Mm. Um... <laughs> The Toronto Maple Leafs, nineteen sixties. You had Billy Harris, Gary, uh, Gary Iman, and uh, Frank Mahal Mahalich. Nailed it. They're the Hemline, because uh, which is really good, right? Oh, that's so. Isn't good. that really that's good? That's really good. Because their their last initials H E M. That's really good. Um, Houston's basketball or universe uh. University of Houston? Would it be? I have no idea. This is a college team, I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Houston's basketball team from 1982 to 1984 was nicknamed the Phi Slamma Jamma. Uh, <laughs> it's a reference to uh, uh, their their height. They were also called Texas's tallest fraternity. Okay. And so, like, it's a, that's a play on, like, fraternity, but also they were, like, big dunkers because they were so tall. They, so were, they were big dunkers. Big dunkers. <laughs> that sounds like a weird uh, nickname. Phi Slamma Jamma. Not the big dunkers. Um, not the big dunkers. Um, uh, Montreal Canadiens between forty three, forty four, and then and then another period of forty seven to forty eight. You had um, right wing Maurice Richard, left wing Toe Blake, and center Elmer Locke. Um, they were known as the punchline. Okay. Um, the punchline. Yeah, I'm trying to think. They had like they had point scoring records. I know all three of those players are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Obviously, Maurice Richard is like he's known for points. Richard, he's yeah. known for points. He's known for being a rocket. That's why, yeah. 
Gordy Howe, Ted Lindsay, Sid Abel, they were the production line. Because uh, they were in Detroit. Okay. Uh, they played for the Red Wings at the right. time, and so there was the, the, the reference to them being good. At the time, there was a big automotive industry, obviously, yeah. in Detroit. And in uh, Detroit, it was like a big industrial town, and also they just got a lot of points. They produced. They produced. Like, who produced? Someone produced. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, but... Come up with that one later. Okay. And the last one I have is the the helicopter line, which is going to make a lot more sense in a second. Do you know where I'm going with this one, or are you just I'm laughing still in general? La- I'm still laughing about yeah. who produced. Someone produced! I know, but I'm... I don't, I don't I could No idea where you could possibly be going with that. You know, it's like... It's like... You know why they called blank the blank? Because he produced. Am I thinking of something else? I think you might be thinking of something else. Yeah. Anyways. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments if you know what the heck I'm talking about, because I don't. Uh, Last one is the helicopter line. You had uh, Joe Pavelski, Kyle Wellwood, and Tori Mitchell. They operated more like a helicopter than an airplane because they had no wings. They were all centermen. They had three centermen on one line. That's smart. I like it. So they they were the helicopter line. It's a good one to end it on. All right, that was a fun little game. I had fun. Now to our sponsors. We don't have any. All oh, right, next, shit. next part. Next part. Back to hockey talk. The old hockey talk. The old honky tonk. Nope. Big news this week, and this is. There's gonna be a lot of hockey trade news uh, the next couple weeks because the talk. a lot of hockey talk because the trade deadline is um, February twenty fifth. Yeah, we're coming up on that. Right, and so you're starting to see a lot of, like, trades happen and a lot of contract extensions signed. And obviously, um, one of the big ones is when a player hits the end of their entry-level contract. When they become an adult. Right, and they sign their first full contract. What you don't want to happen is if you have a player like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews is that they reach the... Entry-level contracts are actually not, like... They're not very lucrative. They're not as lucrative as a full contract. Right. Like, compared to, like, an average salary, they're pretty lucrative still. Right. But, like, compared average to the, salary, an yeah. average NHL salary, yeah. um, it's actually quite low. So, um... You have to prove yourself first before you get your adult paychecks. Right, but then but then you, ha- you, you have to come to an agreement at the end of that with your... I think your current team essentially has first dibs on you. Right. And um, when, when you've drafted a player as high as like a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews who are like a first uh, first overall pick, you want to lock them down. Especially yeah, if they're actually performing for you. You want to make them a franchise player. Right. So the Leafs and forward Austin Matthews agreed to five-year contract extension that will keep Matthews in blue and white through the 2023-2024 season. The team announced on Tuesday... The deal has a cap hit of eleven point six three four million per year. That's a lot of money. So almost almost twelve million dollars a year, and that totals fifty eight point one seven million dollars total. That'll make Matthews the second highest paid forward in hockey, over teammate John Tavares and behind Connor McDavid. So there's only there's only one player higher paid. Yeah, and that's Connor McDavid, who is or one one forward. Yeah, forward. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be defenders or goalies that are I'm trying to more. think. Is there like I can't think of a. I feel like they would specify forward for if 
for a reason, you know? Yeah, Carey Price is at t- 10, I think, or is he per at year? 12? We can look into this, but... Tweet us what, what uh, Carey Price's salary is. Right. Anyways, but Matthews, 21, would have been a restricted free agent after this season. So this was the last year of his entry-level deal. Why this is so notable, you, you also had, up until... Uh, was it November or December? You had William Nylander. Have you heard you heard about this? I've heard of his name. Yeah, he was holding out on signing with the Maple Leafs because he wanted like a lot more money than they wanted to pay him. Right. Um, He's no Austin Matthews. Right. And um, the other thing too is that Mitch Marner, uh, who's also a young good player, his entry level is also about to be up. So they have to also sign Mitch Marner really soon like probably they have to sign him this summer right um and mitch barner is probably going to be like look at what you just gave austin Matthews. yeah like i want something similar they're gonna be like we don't have any more money now that we're giving all this stuff that's the thing right like the the current what's the current nhl salary cap let me look that up really quickly um no i don't want to know 2005 to 2006 and you know that could be important someday (laughs) Um, that'll come up in the next trivia game. There should be a list of them here, eh? You think there's just a list of salary caps? Yeah, for like each for year. For every year? I yeah, doubt yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, we're at 79.5 million. Per year? Yeah, for all the whole team, right? So Austin Matthews is taking up a seventh. Right. Of the entire team's salary cap. Right. Which is like... Is he a seventh of that team? Over the next five years? Yeah probably right like every, is he a seventh of that team over the next five years every year right it's it's tricky they're not and they like um i'm pretty sure are they t- i'm trying to think are they top heavy like i think in a lot of deals they're like top heavy in the sense that you get a lot you get more money at the start of the deal okay yeah although he's so young like so here's here's one of the other notable things about this um uh, 93% of his contract is in signing bonuses, which means that, um, if, if there's a lockout in the NHL, which there has been often, right. Two in the last 20 years, right. Yeah. One of them was a full year. You yep. still get paid because it's a signing bonus. But where does the money come from? Where's the money? No. <laughs> um, and secondly, when it's a signing bonus, you get it all in one chunk immediately. Right. Um, Imagine how much you'd pay in taxes on that. Right. No, they do it year per year. So it's like, what? Essentially, he's getting ninety three percent of his salary every year at the start of the year. Is right. what I understand. Okay. Which is um, just like it shows how baller the Maple Leafs are that they can do that. It shows how much they care about Austin Matthews. Right, and also just how much money they have in general. Right. Um. They have uh, the best fans. Well, they have some of the best fans. They have loyal fans. Yeah, I I'll guess that's what that. I meant when I'll I say that. When I say best. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of. I can't. Uh, they support their team. I can't give a compliment to the Maple Leafs fans. They have blue jerseys. It's in my. It's in my contract. They wear nice blue jerseys. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's but in my contract. Uh, what's weird is, you'd expect to see like, an eight-year deal. Like, cause he's only twenty one, right? So if you sign him to eight years, he'll be twenty nine when the deal's up, 
right? right. And so that that's like most of his prime. That is his entire prime. Mo- I mean, Sidney Crosby is like he, he doesn't count. He's his own thing, right? I suppose. But Austin Matthews is that level, right? Like well, allegedly, we'll see. <laughs> um. So it's like it's weird. It's it's it certainly helps Austin Matthews out a lot because when this deals up, he'll be 26. Right. And he could probably sign an eight-year deal at age 26 still. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas if he signed an eight-year deal now, he wouldn't be able to... Like, I don't know if a team would sign him to an eight-year deal at age 29. Maybe. They might, you know. I don't. I I also don't. It's more likely that he could get a five now and then an eight then. But also, it gives him, like... The Leafs are essentially saying, hey, we're going to make a real push for it in the next five years. They're right? going to paint him up on Air Canada Center. Right. Oh, it's not a Scotiabank. Whatever. Um, and, th- like, they're essentially, they're ready to say, we can make him happy enough within the next five years that he'll re-sign. Yeah. Or, or the one benefit the Leafs get is that if it doesn't turn out, they don't have him for eight years. They only have him for five years. That's probably why they're only signing up to five years. No, I think they only signed up to five years because that's what Austin Matthews asked for. You think so? Because it gives him way more leverage, right? Yeah. Like, look at what John Tavares did. John Tavares ran out his entire contract and then went to Toronto for free. Right. Right? I mean, not for free. They pay, He's the third highest paid player forward in the league, apparently. But, but he didn't pay any penalties. They didn't or... have to trade anyone yeah. to New York to get him. Exactly. Like, that's like LeBron going to the Lakers sort of thing, right? right. Like, you when you're a team, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, um, in Manchester United, my favorite soccer team, whenever they sign a deal, um, like a contract extension for a player, they put in an automatic one-year extension clause. So they'll sign someone to a five-year deal with a clause that they can extend the contract for one year. Without the player's consent? No, the player's consenting by signing the contract. Okay, I see. Right? Yeah. Uh, but what that means is... If they're not performing, then they don't take them for that extra year. Right. But more so, if the player looks like they're not going to stay, they can't wind down their contract and go and then leave for free. Right. Because the team will trigger that automatic extension and then find a way and then find and sell them. Right. Right. So yeah, so this gives Austin Matthews a lot of leverage because in five years he's he's gonna we're gonna be in the same situation, right? Like you want to sign, typically you want to sign these extensions so that you don't have to deal with this problem for as long as possible, right? Like when it comes to these high profile players, right? Like Connor McDavid, he got an eight year deal. I'm pretty sure. Like uh, I'm trying to think of what the max deal you can give a player like is. The length. Yeah, I think there's a maximum. There must be. I know that, like, what was it? It was something like Zach Parise just crossed the halfway par- point of his uh, contract this season. How many years is that? I think it was must have been, like, a 10-year contract. Jeez Louise. Max contract NHL. Now, do you think Austin Matthews is, wants the five-year deal, and then he's just going to retire because he just made $54 million or whatever craziness that is? That's what I would do. Right. <laughs> and just live live your life after that. I suppose he likes playing hockey, probably. Let's see. Here's the Making salary cap money. growing. The current max contract value is at 15.9 per year. So you can't play any pay, you can't pay any player more than 15.9 per year. How much is Connor McDavid getting per year? Do you know that off the top of your head? 
Because it's more 12? than it's more than Austin Matthews is getting, and Austin Matthews is getting like eleven something. Eight year, hundred million dollars. Oh, quick maths. Quick maths. Twelve point five a year. That's wild. Yeah. It makes sense, I guess, to a to a point, like to have max years. Or, just or mean, max like, dollar amount. Just like what they're earning and like in general. It's like it's hard to fathom that much money. Yeah, imagine all the pairs of sneakers you could get for that much a year. <laughs> I don't think I need any more sneakers though. At no. least not with my current uh Abode. place. Yeah, I don't have any more room to put sneakers. They're still up. You can still stack up. <laughs> I'm trying to find, maybe there isn't, I thought there was, like, you can't sign a player to more than this many years, and something about, um... I bet you that's a a player's union type thing. Yeah, well, they have, like, every time they have these lockouts, they they come to what, like, this, it ends with this collective bargaining agreement. Right. Which is all the teams and the players' association all agreeing that these are the rules that are set out, right? So that you don't end up with unfair situations, like... Yeah. Like maybe we'll see one in a, a couple years saying you can't pay ninety three percent of your a set of a player's uh, salary and signing bonuses. Cause that's, that's good for the player, right? It's good for the player. It's bad it, for the owners. Well, well, maybe Toronto is like a dent. It's like a barely a dent in their yeah in their money, right? But other teams that don't have that sort of money are not going to be able to compete on a contract level and that's the thing about but that's what the cap is there for that's the yeah that's the thing about north american sports in general is that they do want to try to make things as fair as possible like that's why they have salary caps and they have all these deals about what you're allowed to sign players to and like like soccer is just this whole it's a mess. area like not not north american soccer because north american soccer does kind of play by the same rules but um like european soccer the rich get richer yeah, because it doesn't really make sense to trade players when it comes to European soccer. Because trading a player might mean you're sending them to another country. Right. Or like, and granted, you do that within the, within the NHL, but it's like moving Canada to America is like the same country almost. Um, a little bit Ooh. colder. A little bit colder. Fighting words. Uh, but yeah, like it doesn't make sense. Like, what if you're living in England and then you get sent to Turkey or like? Or, or Russia or China or something like so that's why all deals done with players in Europe and all all other soccer leagues in the world is by money you buy players like which sounds silly but it makes sense because and players can refuse these I'm pretty sure under FIFA regulations players can refuse these moves because you don't want to like you don't you can't force someone to, to move, move to, to a country that they don't want to move to because that's just human trafficking. Anyways, but yeah, so Austin Matthews is now the second highest paid player in the league. Is he um, the second best? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Yeah. To the NHL. Spoiler: As of right now, I'd say probably not, but he might become. He might be. Anyways, he- yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mitch Marner and other players. Like, there's a ton of players who are coming up at the end to the end of their contracts, or like you have a ton of players who are going to become either restricted or unrestricted free agents uh, soon. And we'll probably do a segment on that before the trade deadline, because that's like those players get traded so that teams don't have to worry about losing them. 
right? right so they get something for them. right and so we'll probably do a segment here coming up soon about that but yeah that's interesting anyways that's that's it for this episode of the alternate captains podcast be sure to follow us on our social medias again that's alternate caps on twitter alternate captains on instagram alternate captains on facebook um if you want to find out if we're on a podcast service that you're interested in, we probably are. Just go to alternatecaptains.com and you'll be able to find the link to point you to where you want to be. And apart from that, if you have any comments about what we talked about, if we said anything wrong, tweet at us, uh, DM us on Instagram, any of those things. But yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next week with more juicy topics. And I'm... Do you have something? You gonna say something? No, no, I got absolutely nothing. Nothing to say. Anyways, I'm 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 empty inside right now. You're empty inside. So yeah, I'm your I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong, and here I have empty inside Chris Wagner. And uh, keep it clean out there, boys. Oh, boys.